previously on Age of Legends Downfall. There was a battle. That's about it. Sometimes D&D is like that, guys. 60 minutes of narrative in a minute and 60 seconds of battle in an hour. For real, though, last time... Ellen Red emerged from Aval's personal quarters to find the door Corbin had been working on open. Corbin himself was nowhere to be seen. They entered the room and discovered the Lens of Truth, the relic they had been sent to liberate from Majin. Upon validating it was indeed the object they were looking for, they turned to leave and instead ran into two research facility guards. Despite a noble attempt at lying their way through the situation, a battle ensued. The research facility workers proved a challenge, with El engaging in a duel with the One Power, while Red crossed swords with a much younger swordsman. El gave some heavy hits, but was unfortunately knocked unconscious. Her efforts were not in vain though, with Red being able to finish off his foe and then rendering the enemy channeler unconscious. El shielded the channeler rather than execute her, leaving our dynamic duo wounded, but victorious. A quick recap of what has just happened in game time. You were in a room where you have recovered a journal with a bunch of notes regarding not just the artifact that you've recovered, but other things, including a hint uh, about Daughter of the Night and the fact that it is a title and not a name. Uh, I'm just reiterating that because it might be important. Wink, 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 wink. Uh, you recovered the artifact, left the room, became engaged in combat, were able to defeat uh, your enemies and have walked about 100 feet. So that is everything that happened last time, uh, despite the fact that it was like an hour long because that's how D&D works sometimes. Uh, and now you have made your way down the hallway. You have reached the stairwell. And I want to ask you something. I don't think I've asked you both before. How do you feel in this moment? Red is in a pretty heightened state of anxiety. He's not panicking because he's like still trying to stay in control, but it's that survivalist like it was a problem that we just came across. So he is looking for the solution as quick as he can. Uh, after dispatching the channeler and the melee guard, he kind of roughly shoved Faye forward to encourage her to get going. But I think also as he did that, he realized that, you know, she was probably pretty woozy with her parentheses one HP, uh, <laughs> you know, was also kind of like, Ooh, maybe that wasn't the best course of action. He'll actually kind of catch up to her. And instead of like shoving her forward to get things going, he will use his offhand to kind of like prop her up under her, under her arm and in his other hand is the shield. He's going to attempt to walk in tandem unless she wants to shake him off, but that's her call. I don't want to invade her space. What's Elle doing? Yeah, I was going to say this on the last time too, but I think like shoving Elle forward, she's very woozy at this point. Kind of like imagine yourself when you're super sick, you have a fever, punch drunk. you don't feel very good. Imagine um, yourself an eyelash from death and yeah. that's where Elle's at right now. Right. So she does not feel good. She's kind of in and out of it a little bit. Like, um, you know, like in the movies where you like see people where they like open their eyes, that effect on screen and things are kind of like blurry. That's kind of where she's at. Um, I think normally she would have been like, don't help me. I, I, I got this. But I think at this point she very much appreciates Red just kind of like propping her up. He is going to lead 
both of them immediately out the door. So my question here is you enter the stairwell on the third floor. Did you want to stop on the second floor and look around? Or are you guys just heading straight um, to the first floor? Do, I am looking for like a fantasy blacksmith. Is there a fantasy blacksmith shop on the second floor? Not on the second floor, unfortunately. Fuck. Uh, no, I think uh, I read things that we should go straight to the ground floor and out the front door. I think even if Elle wanted to look at the second floor, she is not able to look is there at any, the second floor. Is there so, any, any fa- fantasy analog that you're looking for, like a fantasy Spencer's or a fantasy <laughs> Anytime Fitness? Fantasy, fantasy LA, Sam's Club. Fantasy, fantasy LA Tan. So actually on your way down the staircase, the first landing between the third and the second floor has a box of 48 fruit roll-ups. So you don't even need to go to Sam's Club now. <laughs> so that's good. Canonically, uh, actually, fruit roll-ups in this world, and in, in actually the Age of Legends, fruit roll-ups were worth one HP. So yeah, What's ironic here is that it's fruit that's been flattened and rolled, but it tastes exactly like a strawberry would. So it's not like the stuff we have in this world. All right, mm. realistically though, uh, as you descend the stairs, you get to the second floor and you hear the door open from the first floor below you and you hear some chitter chatter from folks that seem to be entering the stairwell. I would like you both to roll a quick perception check. First roll of today is an at 20. Nice. Can I beat it? Close. Two. <laughs> so, Red, you have no idea what's happening. Uh, L, in this moment because you rolled so high, uh, you hear folks come through the door, you hear them start ascending, and just from a few of the words that you hear, uh, you realize that these are the second, third, and fourth year students that you did not see coming to the second floor for the advanced courses. Uh, and it sounds like there's quite a bit of them. It's almost like there's a class that's about to start in a couple minutes, and they're all just sort of rushing to get there on time. So you're about to walk past a bunch of students, and I will remind you, you do look like you have one HP right now. <laughs> She's going to, like, kind of weakly tug on Red's arm, like the one that's propping her up, and say, there are people in the stairwell. We can't be caught like this. Elle in her wooziness, uh, and Red with his second lowest possible perception check he could have rolled. I think that he wants to still barrel through at this point. Like, he's he's, he's still a man on a mission that wants to get through the stairwell. Like, so as I, you're going through this, I'm going to do this in a little bit of real time. You guys are still sort of making your way forward. So, I mean, Elle's not going to stop you. I think she's just, like, smaller than you in in general, and she's probably not able to, like, stop you on a good day physically, Um, and especially not now. So if you're walking forward, what she's going to do is she's going to take that gigantic hat that she has on her head that doesn't fit her and just, like, pull it over her face so that they can't see, like, the blood that's, like, dripping out of the corner of her mouth. So you pull this down just in time as you guys start descending the first couple stairs from the second floor. Uh, All of these, I'm going to call them kids because I'm 36 years old. If you're in college, you're a kid to me. Uh, They just start ascending. There's like 30 of them. And they're just sort of caught up in their own conversations. Uh, L, because you have the hat pulled down. I think at this point it's still on whether or not they can channel. Uh, You do notice that a lot of these kids that are ascending the stairwell can channel. Um, and the conversations seem to be pretty casual. You did a really good job uh, pulling that hat down. I'm not even going to make you roll a stealth check for that. That's just sort of like the perfect disguise because you are small of frame. Your clothes are very tattered. Um, and so as you start descending the stairs, some of these these kids are taking note of you. And you sort of hear like some whisperings like, did she sneak in here? Is he a guard? Is he escorting? She has a name tag. She has a guest pass. 
Red does have his shield like out and he is also kind of like how the fuck did I not perceive 30 fucking kids <laughs> coming up the stairs at us so yeah I think he's gonna kind of like you know he knows what she looks like she pulled the hat down good move Elle. Uh but he's gonna kind of like shove us to the side of the stairwell and like use the the shield as kind of a bumper and kind of just <laughs> nope he's gonna use the shield as a cattle plow <laughs> what are those called <laughs> what are those? cow catcher cow catcher yeah and just kind of like wedge his way down the stairs like not really caring if kids are getting like in the way and stuff so they part around you deliberately like trying to make sure they don't rub shoulders with you um i'm not even going to put an intimidation check on this they're basically all just trying to get to their class anyways that is their motivation they're going to be a couple minutes late if they stop to even uh, say anything when you hear the stairwell door to the second floor open uh, and you have made it past this uh gawking group of teenagers slash early 20-something slash some people in their 30s and 40s and however the fuck old you can be go to college whenever you want people age is just a number uh but they have made it past you you are now at the first floor you have not yet opened the door i will let you take it from here i look back up at the kids and i say don't do relics (laughs) (laughs) also guys maybe this is just me being from california what's a cattle what oh a cow catcher cow catcher (laughs) like the old school locomotive engines that you know had the big puffy smoke coming out of it there would be this little triangular thing that looked like a fucking if it was a anthropomorphic train that would be the mustache so it has this little triangle up front where cattle used to just sit on the train tracks all the time so instead of like blasting them and getting them stuck in like the the gummings of the engine they would push them off it's like a it's like a snowplow but it would just kind of like shove the cows off to the side. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. And yeah. so they wouldn't get oh. caught underneath the tracks. They would just get sort of pushed up because they would the angle of it just sort of like raises you up and because it's like this triangle, it just shoves you off to the side. Mm-hmm. So that is what that is. That's what he was trying to like make way through like this <laughs> throng of people. Also, when you say don't do relics, some kid looks back at you and you have the hat on uh, and he takes out something that's about as long as a pencil and maybe as thick as like three fingers together Um, And it glows with the power. You're not sure what's going on. And you know really quickly that there's nothing in it. Um, But he takes this huge fucking bong hit off of it and just blows smoke out. And it's this crazy terrangreal where it's like you can get high and you don't have to buy weed. It's probably the most valuable thing you've ever seen. And uh, he just walks in there and he's like, relics for life. (laughs) Very cool. All right. You're on the first floor. The door's there. How you guys want to do it? Uh, I would love to try and sneak out if possible because I look real suspicious. Time of day was what again? Uh, you guys came here pretty early in the day. You had biscuits and gravy. You came here and took the tour. I would say at latest, it's like 10, maybe 11. You guys really haven't been here very long. We didn't really tell how long the tour on the ground floor took, but it's it's not even noon yet. Okay. We also do know that there was only really one check-in station before we... like the receptionist yeah there's the reception desk were those badges are they similar to like oh they're the visitor badge we need to return these back in when we yep. leave okay l i will let you do what you got to do but i'm going to snag these badges and kind of toss them back to the receptionist and say gotta go emergency but yeah like, i'm just gonna try and sneak right out after giving the badge over and before you kind of like throw like we kind of run out i'm like i'm gonna be like in this like kind of drunken haziness just be like red do you think Corbin's okay? Uh, I don't know. I assume not. They uh, they put some moderately big dogs on us right away, so he's either in some deep shit or he's in nothing at all ever again. All right. 
So, L, I would like you to roll me a stealth check so that you can sort of like sneak by uh, and we'll see how well that goes. Can I assist by drawing attention to myself? If you want to do that, let's say this. Narratively, you guys just walked out. L's trying to hide herself. You're obviously going to toss these badges at the receptionist. Tell me how you're going to do that. If I like it, it gives her advantage. I'm going to kind of get more towards my uh, my general walking demeanor. So shield is away. Swords are away, obviously. Uh, and I don't recall what this person's name was because I didn't write it down. Also, Red wouldn't recall what this person's name is anyway. So he uh, <laughs> goes to the desk with the two badges and kind of like slaps them on the table to draw a little more attention. And it's just you have a very lovely establishment here. Corbin is upstairs because it's so fucking awkward. I think that was the attention that he wanted to draw. Um, okay, so here's what happens. And he about so, faces and walks away. You slap that down. You say that. And in this moment when you turn the corner, because you, you come out of the stairwell, you take a 180. The receptionist desk is right there. Slap the badge down. Say, lovely establishment. Corbin is upstairs. All right. L, in this moment, roll a stealth with disadvantage. What? Well, my first roll was a nine already, so let's see how that goes. Okay, it's a nine. Okay, so here's what happens. Uh, there is another person at this receptionist desk, and it looks like no matter where you've ever worked, whether you're an Ace to Die, you're working on a farm, you live in our world, you can notice work gossip when it's happening. And this lady is at the receptionist desk, and they are spilling the tea. And when you say Corbin's upstairs, you notice two distinct reactions from the receptionist. The first one is bewilderment, because immediately, without even rolling an insight, she knows you're lying to her, because she was sitting there when Corbin got dragged down here. And the second thing is, you realize they were just talking about what's happening to Corbin right now, and she bursts into tears, and the other lady is trying to console, like, Corbin's going to be okay. You don't know Aval's going to kill him. And I was going to go ahead and say, your distraction has been created because she is just a fucking mess right now. Wow. So it actually wouldn't have been so bad if I hadn't said the word Corbin. <laughs> you wouldn't have said Corbin. I was like, perfect, perfect. Ooh. <laughs> like, bummer. Fuck yeah, dude. I love consequences to things that I had no idea what was going to happen. But that's fine. It's totally fine. Um, I was like, I should cover my base and say that that guy is still upstairs. <laughs> Okay, fuck. Uh, well, where are we at now? <laughs> All right. So, like, she's a mess. This other lady is consoling her. The other students are, like, starting to, like, peek out of the classrooms. Like, is the receptionist crying? Because I don't remember her name either. <laughs> uh, but you guys can just sort of make a beeline out of the building right now if you want. Yeah. Elle's going to facepalm and then do that. So uh, can you roll for damage on the facepalm? See if that's more than one HP. <laughs> <laughs> As you make your way out of the door, it's like... Sort of the receptionist remembers what's happening, and uh, you guys get outside into the square. There's a lot of hustle and bustle now. People are going about their daily lives. This throng, you're going to have to sort of make your way through. You might want to use the cow catcher tactic again. You feel like you're going to get lost in it, but behind you, you hear the receptionist yell, Who are you people? And uh, that's what you hear as you leave the research facility, and uh, it is up to you. What are you going to do now? And I should also mention, as you step outside, you feel like you're being watched. Fuck, man. Okay, Faye, my tactic is going to be kind of still Sherpa-ing you. Not Sherpa. Shepherding you. I'm going to sheepdog you. Uh, 
There we go. Yeah. Back to the establishment, but I'm we're not going direct route. Feels like we're being watched again. But if we're going to be tailed by anybody that's over there, I'm not going to give them a direct line of sight to this building that is literally right there. So we are going to take the one block over, two blocks away, and then backtrack. I agree. I was just going to propose that we go back to the inn at some point so that I can short rest. Mm-hmm. So I was probably going to make you roll a stealth check here. I was thinking about doing a survival through the narrative, the fact that you immediately, as you felt like you were being watched, decided that you were going to take these preventative measures. Um, let's go ahead and take whichever one has a higher uh, bonus for you and uh, do it with advantage. You both can do it. We're going to take the highest roll of the four. Stealth and so survival? Stealth, you said? Stealth or survival, whichever is higher. They're both deck space, but you might have proficiency in one and not the other. Ooh, I do. Is a 17 for me. Uh, with advantage, right? So mine's a 19. Uh, so in tandem, you guys basically both just decide at the same time, as soon as you feel like you're being watched, uh, let's head back to the inn and let's be careful about how we go there. Uh, as you start taking these random turns and you start twisting through the crowd, uh, you definitely get the sense of ease starting to settle over you. Like there is no one that you can notice that is watching you. Uh, you're making your way through the crowd really deftly. It's like if you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World or any super packed amusement park when there's just nothing but people in front of you and you have no idea how you're going to get through. And as you start walking, your speed starts increasing because all of a sudden it's like just this path starts to clear for you. And you just feel like you're just weaving in and out. And that is what is happening for you folks. Uh, you go between a couple of roads, a couple alleyways. And finally, when you feel like no one's watching you, you turn a corner and you're standing right next to the rear entrance uh, to the inn, the glowing orb. And the uh, stable boy hasn't even noticed you because you approach so stealthily. Wasn't it a stable old man? It was a stable old man. That is correct. My bad. At the sign of the inn, L just kind of makes a beeline towards the back door to go in. And her intention is she wants to essentially sleep for like 15 days. <laughs> and she probably just looks like a zombie going through the common room up into her room or down into her room and then just. You're closest to the back the entrance bed. and you were shown the back stairwell. So you can take the back if you prefer or oh, you yes, can come you. around <laughs> to the front if you'd like to be more conspicuous. No, thanks. <laughs> right on. So you enter, you're making a beeline to your room so that you can sleep. Uh, Red, you said you were following, correct? Yep, I'm getting her upstairs. Okay, you come in right behind her. You make a beeline. Um, the cook looks up as she's stirring a pot with her big wooden spoon. You can tell she has some quip ready for your sweet cheeks. And she sees you. She sees the look of Al. She sees the seriousness on your face. And, like, whatever reason, she just knows that something is wrong. Uh, she can just intuit that. You see her face go from, like, happy-go-lucky, ready to hit on you, to, like, very concerned. She keeps going about her business, and none of the other waitresses or maids or, or whatever have you that's right there right now seems to really notice because you guys just sort of beeline your way through uh, and you're still using that 19. However, this is like the cook's domain and she sees you and she shows immediate concern, but she doesn't say a word as you pass through and ascend the staircase. I'm going to look back at the cook and solemnly but appreciatively nod at her. She just nods right back. All right, you've made your way upstairs. I imagine you're both going to the same room. You can go to separate rooms if you want. I don't want to narrate anything for you. No, I'm I'm getting Elle in her room and just being like, what do you need? 
Elle gets into her room and she like face plants onto the bed. The bed that she didn't sleep in at all the night before. I love it. Red's going to post up in this room though. He has his own, but he's going to slump into a chair. Assuming that the blinds or drapes or if we have anything on uh, the window that's overlooking the the research facility. I think yes. we call it like the research center earlier. Research facility works. Sure, sure, sure. Anything that's facing that, he is going to uh, close it off to it, but sit on sit in a chair on the side that's like kind of peeking around the 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 drapes of that. And he will have, you know, one of his swords like kind of out, propped up against his chest while he's his arms are folded. And that's gonna be his uncomfortable short rest. <laughs> right on. Go ahead and roll whatever hit dice you have. I believe you both have five in your particular class and recover whatever HP you need. So after about an hour or so passes, uh, you're sitting there, you're still very focused, but you're finally letting sort of the exhaustion leech out of your body. Uh, and as far as L goes, you basically just become unconscious. Uh, and as you're just sort of sleeping, you're, you're having just fitful dreams, but they're not anything compared to the dream that you had the night before. Um, this is something that I don't want to try and work in like a narrative thing like, well, on the wheel of time, you're dreaming, so the power heals you. No, this is straight up fifth edition. Eight hours of sleep heals anything that's wrong with you, and a short rest means you get to recover some HP. So um, you're both kind of startled awake uh, as far as you go, Red. You're just sort of like stand up. Actually, I'll let you decide how you're going to handle this, but you're sitting in your chair uh, when the door sort of like comes open very quickly and very silently, and you see Harold step into the room. Red stands up, he grabs the sword and puts it horizontally out, then acknowledges that this is Harold. As soon as you take the swords out too, Harold like slowly closes the door behind him, again silently, and holds his hands out and he's like, easy chief, I'm just here to warn you. Is L up at this point? Yeah, you are awake. You okay. can you can decide. I take over the narrative for you guys sometimes, mm. and uh, I don't want to do that too often. You can decide, do you sit bolt upright? Do you just sort of flutter your eyes open like, what the fuck, I was sleeping, bro? I think Elle is on edge enough and she does feel well enough that she is going to just kind of sit up. And once she sees Harold, she'll be like, Hair Bear, what's going on? So we had a visitor to the inn and uh, just through the grapevine and for uh, plausible deniability, I'm just going to let you know, I have a lot of ears in this city and we are not the only establishment that has been visited since uh, you guys got back and... Something bad has happened. They're not really telling us what, um, but they're trying to search every residence as quietly as possible. So I don't know what happened. I don't want to know what happened. See, plausible deniability. It goes both ways. All I know is that you have a very short amount of time to leave this city unless you want folks to know you're here. And whatever might have gone missing, they're going to find it. Where are they at now? You said they were visited. Are they still here? They're in the common room. And our beautiful, glorious cook is trying to solve them for as long as possible. This is a public room that we are in right now. Do you have any non-public rooms? This is as close to a non-public room as we have. This is typically taken up by people passing by like Gleeman who don't have the best songs that are trading talent for room and board. Um, I rent out every room that I have, so that's why I put you guys here to begin with. Harold? Thank you for warning us. I think for your good, you may want to leave this room right now. And as soon as you say that, he is gone. Just quickly. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I think this is our cue to leave. I mean, we have no reason to stay here any longer than we need to, and you can get us back home pretty quick. So can we do that well, here? 
we have to get out of the city first. Then we can travel, and then we'll be back at Perindisen. You can't just travel right here? Whenever we create a portal, someone will be, if they're persistent enough, they can find it and figure out exactly where we went. Just like that machine back in the research institute. So I think we need to get out of the city, get to a place where most people are not going to be searching for us before we actually do that. Okay. Asked and answered. Thank you. Uh, cool. We got to leave. Before we go, mm-hmm. um, I need to tell you something important about this particular relic. What does this thing even do? It's called the lens of truth. And I think if the notes are correct from Eval Sedai, that it can measure the density of the pattern and it can find things in the pattern. I don't know how to wield it. It can sense alterations in the pattern. Regardless, it's very powerful in the right or the wrong hands. And when we go back to Parent Descent, I know that my sister was the one that asked us to bring this back, but we can't give it to her. Uh, yes, we can, because that's the only reason that I'm here is on behalf of my employer is to do what they asked. I'm not saying that we're not going to give it back to the Aes Sedai. I just think that there's something wrong with A. Wrong with A? Who's A? My sister, Elena. Oh, why do you guys use your initials and not your names? Well, I mean, she goes by Elena, but I call her A to annoy her, and I go by L, but she calls me Lyriel to annoy me. Calls you what? What's your name? Lyriel. Oh. Did you not know this? No, I thought it was like Laurel. Just just call me L. Regardless, we can't give this back to A. We're going to be giving it to someone called Mistress. Please. M. <laughs> it takes her a second. And she goes, no, she, she goes by Mistress. Okay. All right, that's fine. And uh, we probably shouldn't piss her off by calling her M. Okay. Why are we giving this to Mistress? She was the one that told me that this relic was more than what it appeared to be. I think you were there. When A sent us to get this relic, she had played it off as something that was a trinket that, you know, whether or not we got it, it didn't matter. But that's not what this is. This is something that's really, really powerful. And it's not like her to lie. But why are we giving it to Mistress and not A? She's my patron. um, And she hasn't lied to me yet. She was the one that told me that this was powerful. And she was the one that told me to bring it to her. And I am, at this point, more willing to trust her than to A. Okay, fine, fine. We're giving it to Mistress first or whatever because she's your patron. You guys, A Sedai, you are so secretive and you are so layers upon layers of stuff you have to wade through every time something comes up with you guys. I don't even know what a patron is. A patron is someone who takes the accepted under their wing, so to speak. They teach them, they take them into their tutelage, they train them. Everything I know, I know because of Mistress. I'm telling you this now to be transparent. (sighs) Okay, um, fine. And Red is already kind of going towards the door. Red, what do you want out of this? I want to get this done. And then what? Go home. What else do you want? I want to go have a beer later on. Listen, if you want to go home and that is truly all that you want from this, Mistress can get you home. We don't need to go and give this to A. You don't have to interact with A. No, no, no. You are misunderstanding 
I do have to get this to A. You want to not get this to A. I don't know, mistress. I don't give a shit about mistress. She's not the one who put me on this mission. A is. So I at least need to inform A as to what's happening here. So that's what we are doing. But also, maybe we talk about this on the road, outside of the city, as opposed to uh, in the middle of the place that we are currently needing to find an escape from. I'm not leaving this until you tell me that you are not going to tell A. At least until I can get this to Mistress. I I mean, I don't care if we tell Mistress, but it's going to A at the very end of this. You're like, oh, go home. It's fine. I'll take care of him here. Nope, not part of the job. So what you're saying is you're okay if we give this first to Mistress, as long as it ends up in the hands of A? I'm saying that I'm signed up until this gets to A. If Mistress is going to be some sort of a hurdle and cause a problem when we show this to her, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But I am not thrilled with having to work with more Ace to Die than I already have to. So let's just get going and finish this up. As you say that, the door to the room opens and you see Harold. It opens super silently and super fast. And he peeks in and he puts his fingers in his ears. He's like, la, 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 plausible deniability. Let's get this fucking show on the road, guys. And he closes the door and leaves. I agree. And Red turns and looks at Al and just kind of like waves his hands towards the door in the after you, milady fashion. And she very sarcastically curtsies before like getting up and stomping out the door. <laughs> oh, fucking Ace So as you guys leave the room, you take the back stairwell out. Uh, and start heading towards the stables to retrieve your horses. As you get to the kitchen, uh, the cook comes over and she has what appears to be traveling provisions for you that she has prepared. Uh, she definitely caught wind of what was happening and you kind of get the sense that Harold probably let her know, prepare you guys something for the road. Um, and she just sort of hands it to you, turns away, and it's almost like you never existed. It's like she's trying to wipe you guys from her mind to make sure that whatever's going on, uh, she just is focusing on something else entirely. Everybody's got plausible deniability with us. <laughs> you guys have done a pretty good job about keeping secret what you were here for. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you guys are going to exit through the back door unless, Garrett, you want to slap her on the ass once before you go. Uh, no, Red is going. Is, is Harold still in the room? Uh, he's actually in the common room, and you can hear him speaking very loudly about how trustworthy he is and his establishment. He'd be happy to take anyone on a tour uh, of the entire facility. Uh, Red is going to the head cook who has her back to red right now, he's going to at least over her, her shoulder say, thanks for this. And uh, this is more than what you guys deserve. And he's going to leave his um, purse there, which has got 10 gold in it, but eh, better than nothing. She definitely picks it up, puts it in some sort of pocket you didn't even realize her dress has, doesn't even look at you. And as she's stirring this pot, she just says, I'll see you next time. in the sultriest mm. voice you have ever heard. Uh, okay. Elle kind of looks back and is like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then heads out. She's going to remember that. Red leaves with his with his back very straight, rigid. He is not comfortable again. Uh, so as you exit and you look over towards the stables, you see that this uh, stable man uh, is holding the reins of both your horses, which are saddled and ready to go. Uh, he seems to just be like finding something else to pay attention to rather than look directly at you. Like he's just not interested. He's not even sure why he's holding these reins. Uh, but he is tapping his toe as if he's impatiently waiting for you to take your horses and go. Okay, we are uh, we are being encouraged to leave. You're so officially being railroaded by the plot. <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. Yes. Let's also not take the most direct route to a gate. Let's like let's let's kind of through the city to to then head to the gates. Yep. All right. So we are uh, kind of like wending our way through the city. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes doing like three lefts or something. Red's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red's keeping his eyes out, uh, and he also would like to make one last. I think it was perception check to see if we can, if he can shake these eyes that I'm assuming he still feels on him. Go for it. Does a 16 do it? Uh, so with a 16, uh, as you're leaving, you distinctly notice you don't feel like you're being watched in this very moment right now. Uh, it's oh. sort of like maybe you you don't know why because you're just basically perceiving that you're not being watched. Maybe. Uh, you just shook the tail so well they don't have any idea where you're at. Um, maybe it was just your mind playing tricks on you the entire time, but in this moment, you feel like no one's paying attention to you, not even the people you're walking past. Um, kind of as we're writing, I'm trying to like see if I can get the beginnings of the portal going and trying to like reach for the source and kind of starting to weave that portal just so that like as soon as we're out of the city, it can... Be done. Right on. So uh, as you go about and you're still towards the center of the town, you're still towards the scholar district, um, you notice that as soon as you start sort of forming the rudimentary spell for the portal, uh, you can start doing the weaves of the separate flows of uh, the power. And then when it starts to basically get towards the portal spell, it's just sort of like uh, it evaporates. It's, it's sort of like your threads just disintegrate. And when you're getting towards the gates, you do it again. And then you just realize it just clicks like you can cast this spell right now if you want to. All right. I'm not going to until we get out of the gates, but... It's almost like readying an action. As soon as we like get out, no one's looking at us. We get to like a more remote place. It's going. All right. So uh, as you guys exit the gates, you know, you're just with this throng of people. It starts to thin out as the road forks several times. And slowly but surely, you're realizing that you're on the countryside. There's only a few people on the road with you. Um, if you were to just sort of like veer off the road, you would probably have an area to yourself. And I cast the portal. And the portal appears. Uh, and at the other end, you are casting to return to Perindison, correct? Correct, yes. All right. Uh, and you see the exact location that you actually traveled from, which was just slightly outside the city to avoid notice. Uh, and you are free to walk through it. Yes. So as soon as you guys go through, and I'm going to take a little bit of agency away from you, which has been the theme of this episode. Uh, you sort of come shoulder to shoulder next to each other. The portal closes up behind you. Uh, you are finally orgasm. <laughs> you are again uh, in Perindison, uh, or Perindison. I don't know how I've been pronouncing that this entire time. Uh, that said, uh, you both look at each other, and as soon as you step through that portal, you have never felt as strongly before in your life as you do now that you are being watched, and those eyes have returned. campaign Age of Legends Downfall is played by Faye Kai, Garrett Schultz, and DM'd by Adam Diaz. For more information about us, Twats of Twats, or other awesome work we do that is unrelated to the Wheel of Time, head to the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show.com for bios and our social media handles. In an effort to be more nutritious and to encourage children to eat more vegetables, McDonald's once designed broccoli that tasted like bubblegum.